In the age of Instagram and social sharing, brick-and-mortar businesses offer a unique advantage that even the biggest and best online platforms can't compete with. On Brick and Mortar Reborn, we talk with business owners and industry experts about what they're seeing work best for brick and mortar businesses who aren't just competing with their online counterparts, but thriving in spite of all the options that customers now have. We'll share exactly what you can do to set yourself up for success with an experience that wows your customers and keeps them coming back for more. And now our host, Bobby Maramat. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Brick and Mortar Reborn. Today we have a very special guest with us, Marina Sotaifaitga. Hopefully, I I tried to get it. That's all I I asked, Bobby. (laughs) I'll get it mastered by the end of this. Uh, That'll be for sure. Welcome to the show, Marina. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for taking the time. I know you're probably really busy, especially uh, given given these days of you know the the new norm of of kind of running around with COVID related stuff and also trying to really trying to run a business in the mall environment that you're in. So thank you again for taking some time. You know, before we get started, Marina, why don't you uh, give us a little bit about yourself and, and uh, what you do and, and tell us about the shops and, and uh, you know, again, what, what you kind of, what, what your day-to-day looks like. Absolutely. Uh, thank you again for having having me. My name is Marina Satofanga. You are really close, Bobby. Good job. <laughs> um, I am the marketing and business development manager at the shops at Montebello. We are located in East Los Angeles. We are tucked between the city of Los Angeles and San Gabriel Valley, what I like to say to people if they're not familiar. And as the marketing and business development manager, it is my job, you know, traditionally and pre-COVID, my job really to drive traffic here. And today's conversation is going to kind of uh, reveal how that's shifted and how that has changed. But as the marketing manager, I truly believe we are the heartbeat of any shopping center. I really look at the shops at Montebello as kind of the conduit for community um, and culture. And so this past year has really caused us to pivot in all sorts of ways. So it's different in that it used to be driving traffic. Now uh, we're driving traffic to different digitally. Um, and so that's that's been really cool. Um, and then on the business development end, I always explain to people, I'm like, do you remember seeing like car displays in the mall? That's kind of what our business development, my business development hat is, is really creating advertising opportunities in the common area for various businesses and partners. That's awesome. Marina, how is, uh, you know, of course, things have probably changed a little bit during during these COVID days. Uh, what is it like managing, you know, really a shopping mall during during COVID? Bananas. Absolute <laughs> bananas, Bobby. Um, the Our industry veterans, I remember early on at the top of this pandemic when we had initially shut down, like deer in the headlights. I mean, uh, if you want to talk about the definition of unprecedented, that is what this was. I was having a lot of my mentors just kind of really scratching their heads. Uh, it was, we were really navigating and continue to navigate in the dark. The one word I have is bananas. Yeah. And tell me, uh, those bananas, uh, you know, day to day wise, how has that affected kind of your, your, your role, if you will? Have you had to have, have you had to focus a lot on like different, different initiatives that you did before or? Absolutely. So at the top of the pandemic, as you are all aware, the country responded in different ways. It almost felt like a ping pong at one point because the East Coast was where ground zero was. And then towards mid to end or of last year, then the West Coast became it. And so for us at the shops at Montebello, our corporate office, we're a 
Pacific Retail Capital Partners, we're a boutique uh, management company, if you will, and beyond that. We basically, all hands in the pot, we went from monthly meetings to then bi-weekly uh, brainstorming sessions. And so we were always programmed. We never backed off, uh, Bobby, and we never stepped away. It was never, you know, a lot of our, our counterparts probably, I don't know if they walked away, but stepped back. I think a lot of people were still trying to grapple and define what exactly we were facing. Um, but we went, our, our marketing department kind of head on, took this on and really shifted a lot of our program to virtual. I will say internally, communication was a really big piece. And like any crisis or any pandemic, the communication departments really are the ones leading the way. And so internally for us, number one, my priority was to consistently communicate with our tenants whether it was breaking down the local uh, public health orders or being just a listening ear and and creatively partnering with them to continue business in light of these uh, shutdown order or safer at home orders, excuse me. So for us, we went digital. And, and for my corporate office, we naturally, social media, email databases, SMS, were all a part of our day-to-day language that I would say it wasn't totally brand new for, for us, but it was new in that we all of a sudden, being the traffic drivers, all of a sudden had to redefine, and we're still redefining, what a successful campaign looks like. So for me personally, we took so many things virtual. This was probably around about Easter time. So we were probably the first of the industry to like release a virtual Easter bunny postcard where basically our guests could download Easter bunny card here from the Easter bunny, if you will, um, and get creative and engage them in that capacity. We were able to collect email addresses, uh, phone numbers. And so we started to really build out what growing and expanding our digital platform looked like. We also hit the ground running. Uh, we, we kind of broke it off into two phases with regard to the response to COVID. One was, okay, identifying what was happening, basically getting familiar with COVID, uh, the health impacts. Obviously, each of us, I'm one of 20 assets now, portfolio-wide. So each city, each county had its own rules. And so I remember... I mean, Easter Bunny saying all of a sudden there's no Easter Bunny. We worked with our local chamber to do a downloadable uh, Easter egg coloring page. And that really drove a lot of traffic social media wise. That was essentially our only communication piece to not only or to the to our customer base. So every day, you know, at first it, it's so interesting hindsight looking back. It's almost like you can now laugh. We were crying the whole way through. But we went from we are close. We I did not think Bobby at, at all that we would close for a second time. So when we closed that first round, I was like, we're like, we'll see you in a month. It's gonna be okay. We'll be fine. And then the rest of the year proceeded. So every time we had to come back. There was always like a, a really an importance to have a strong communication a, a message out there. Um, and constantly it, it was a learning experience. Anybody who told you or could tell you, Bobby, that they knew what to do. It was an absolute calculated risk and guess every single every single time. So I don't know if I answered your original question, but day to day changed tremendously. My laptop and Wi-Fi access became my best friend. And that's basically whether I was towed to shelter at home or in my office. As long as I had those two things, uh, we were able to somehow still connect with our with our customer base. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and hopefully, hopefully we call this kind of near the end of you know things opening up again. Uh, as I've been talking to a lot of guests, you know, they Consumer behavior, customer behavior definitely has changed over the last year. But 
there are a lot of programs that are starting to come back again. And so have you experienced that, Marina? Have you experienced some things opening up and people kind of interacting again with the mall? Yeah, we're definitely at the phase where things have been the most loose since COVID. So our customer base, I mean, I think that pre-COVID, or it's been really clear, pre-COVID, we already knew that the mall space was changing, okay? And COVID really just expedited that. So our customer base, I pride myself here at the shops at Montebello, community is really a conduit, or our center is really a conduit for community. So whether it's our really curated programming, so Dia de los Muertos instead of Halloween, or our engaging our extremely talented art community. Uh, specifically, we've done lots of cool things with our local graffiti community. As uh, long as we've been able to tap into that, my community base has come back. So every time we've reopened, we've definitely felt the uptick in traffic. And so we're definitely shifting towards experience. I mean, when you're competing with someone like Amazon, convenience is their leading argument. But even before COVID, we knew at the shopping center level that we had to be an experience. We had to give them reasons to not only come, but reasons to stay. Earlier this week, uh, we had a keynote. I don't know if you're familiar with him, Bobby, but the retail profit on Instagram, he had just reaffirmed a lot of maybe the thought processes and the philosophies that we at the shops at Montebello are really wrapping our programming around. But he was basically saying that center shopping centers are now like instead of the retailer driving our traffic, it's really up to the shopping centers to create identity, to create culture, to create the we always we've always talked about experience pre-COVID. That continues to be one of the more important pieces of it. Social media being a big part of it. He actually this was a pretty powerful statement, but so accurate. The mall used to be Tinder. The mall used to be Uber. The mall used to be Amazon. And so we're now facing, in this industry, we're now facing um, the reality that malls need to be fully integrated. So there needs to be an experience from digitally all the way to the in-person, the buying process and that, and that experience. That's something that you cannot find on Amazon. So this has only expedited everything. And, and as long as we're constantly evolving with technologies, I can't tell you, you know, as someone who is, I mean, at 32, I mean, TikTok was a whole new beast, but we're on TikTok. So it's my job to make sure that we're relevant. Through this pandemic, we saw Instagram really a shift with regard to business. And so now you can purchase uh, directly on platforms like that. So we're constantly asking ourselves, how do we, how are we pivoting? And I'm, I'm going to probably go into this topic before you even ask it. But one of the biggest trends that we saw from COVID in the retail space was the term buy online, pick up in store. And so we call it Bobic, Bobic, however you call it. And that is so true for the mall space. And you would think, Bobby, that these national brands would have had it all figured out. And it became very clear that actually, not really, even uh, the service of curbside pickup. I can't tell you how many retailers were like, hold on, but my mobile device, if I'm out of the Wi-Fi connection, I'm not sure if I'll be able to like contact my customer. So so there's quite a few of us that were still trying to figure it out as we went. Then I think what people initially hoped for or thought. So buy online, pick up in store and curbside pickup were really big, were really big services that became necessities. We're, we're no longer like, oh, that's a nice, that's a nice option. Um, it was really and essentially the only way that people could do business in midst of the safer at home orders. And what, what do you think is going to stick? What's going to stay and what's going to, what's going to go back to normal? Great question. Uh, both of those things. I think that buy online, pick up in store. 
for sure. You're going to see that and you're going to see it elevated. I believe that contactless payment, it will be a really big deal in the next three to five years. I believe, Bobby, that you'll be able to walk. So we are the experience holders. You cannot buy a photo with Santa on Amazon. There's nothing really replaces that interaction. I believe that when we went on the lockdown, I could tell it was almost tangible how much our community just missed seeing each other. I believe, and I've always believed that the shopping center is a place for connection and community. And I know I keep saying the community word, but that is what is going to stick moving forward. I'm going to revisit the contactless payment options. I do believe that some of our, our retail spaces are going to almost turn into showrooms and distribution centers, uh, right? And so you are able to maybe walk into a uh, showroom. There's still high stats that support generation, whether it's generation X or generation Z and Y, or brick and mortar and touching the item or experiencing the item or interacting with it is still a high demand. So I believe that you're, you'll be able to walk into a store one day, be able to by the scan of a QR code, purchase what you need and have it be delivered to you. I don't know that there's, you know, this whole contactless idea, not technological, but something that I think we will see develop for years to come. Again, we go and focus back on experience and it's deeper than that. It's identity. I think Shops Montebello is located in East Los Angeles, predominantly Hispanic and a heavy Asian community. So as long as I'm continuing to serve our community, they're going to always come back. As long as we continue to build relationship and experience, they're going to want to support their shopping center. And I'm going to give, I'll give an example of something that was not maybe transactional retail, but around the times that we had some social uh, civil unrest, I will tell you that the number one reason, and we have great partnership with the city and our local law enforcement, but it's the community who on social media, Bobby, was like, don't you dare come to our shopping center. Don't you dare touch the shops at Montebello. So it works like both ways. So sorry to come back and dial it back to it. What I think is going to be here for a long time. I think social media, you no longer can be a business or a shopping center without having a presence. And another really cool thing I heard recently was, you know, in the mall space, we used to, I think I said this earlier, it was retailers that used to drive traffic, but it's really up to the center now. So what does that mean for us? The shops at Montebello, we have a, we took over the center two years ago and our commitment to the arts has been not only at the forefront, but is a driving core value for us of uh, being so close to the art district, Bobby. We, one of the very first projects that we did, and, and I almost, you know, you got people scratching your head or my, my general manager looking at me like, what? Uh, we basically engaged 12 local graffiti artists. And, you know, the intention was definitely from this community, from the community that surrounds our center. Um, and we basically invited them in for a live day of painting on otherwise plain trash cans. And that was probably one of the first initiatives that we put into play two years ago. Two years later, those trash cans are still here and it has expanded now. We have five murals center-wide. We've worked um, every uh, program that we have had in any opportunity that there was. We've included some sort of live art element. And so these artists have helped to inform who the future artists are. And now we're working on a really cool project with uh, store vacancies and finding out what are some creative ways to not necessarily, you know, oftentimes in vacancies, you're wanting to like cover it and block it out. And But how are we engaging those spaces and using art as a platform? So I mean, while technology has really, you know, has taken, not taken over, but is a huge element of this shift in retail, 
I think too, we go back to basics of, of engaging artists, of really um, curating uh, influencers. Like pro, and, and I'm not saying influencers with a million followers, but influencers who really built a community around their support and supporting them and their vision and their values. So figuring out how that happens on, the, on a grander scale in the shopping center. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I think the thing I, I definitely drew from, from that is, you know, really kind of partnering with the community and making sure that the community is kind of a part of your, your process as, as you get through, as we all get through the rest of the pandemic together. Right. And then I think the other thing is that what you said is, is absolutely true is you can't buy experiences online. Well, you can, but they're different types of experiences. <laughs> so the experiences that you get kind of in, in location, um, can't be replaced. And, and so we have to, as, as small operators like yourself or, you know, uh, folks that really kind of manage and own and, and operate uh, brick and mortar locations, figure out how to actually connect with our community with those experiences as we go along. And so, you know, that brings me to one question for you, Marina, like what to you, what is an experience? Like experience is, is, is used a lot, especially in retail, but what's, what's an experience to you? I think when I'm thinking about programming, I think that's the best way that I could speak to it. There has to be a start and end. There has to be a, a goal, a mission for any experience. So oftentimes at the Shops of Montebello, all of my programs, so I'm talking about events. Let's, for example, talk about a heart health walk that we just executed with the city of Montebello last weekend. The goal of that will always be and in any of my programs, we always have some sort of nonprofit element. So there has to be a cause to it. An experience has to have a cause. I think anything that could be social, like a shareable moment. So something that requires or encourages the consumer to want to share it. That's a part of an experience. Um, and something that's something that's impactful. Uh, and the word impactful and experience, like there's one thing to set up a photo, a selfie op with a beautiful balloon garland. It's another thing to believe that whatever you just purchased or whatever it is that you just donated to has a an element to it that keeps on giving and that gives to a local community cause. So in all of my experiences, there's always a nonprofit element. There's always a way to say, hey, your $10 or your purchase of this t-shirt proceeds benefit the local efforts that the American Red Cross has been doing in the city of Montebello. And shareable moment, I want to always give our customer an opportunity to share what it is that they just went through. So those two things are really big to me. I don't think that that speaks to every part of an experience, but it is something that's memorable and that you want to share. Oh, 100%. And keeps you coming back and keeps you connected. No, I'm with you. I'm 100% with you. What are some of your favorite, like, and I know you probably have lots of favorites because you're you're operating in probably a lot of, in a shopping mall with probably a lot of stores that you love, but whether it's in your mall or otherwise, what are some of your favorite experiences that you've seen in locations? Oh my goodness. For me, and I keep saying it throughout this podcast, community has always been my favorite. I talked about our, it was called Made in Montebello, the trash can project where we brought in artists who otherwise don't feel comfortable in a mall space coming in and like letting them use graffiti, their main art form to help with placemaking was one of my favorite moments. And we call them hashtag Montebello moments here at the center. That was favorite. We did a mid pandemic um, last summer. We did a chalk walk event. Basically at that point, the mall was shut down. Physical distancing and face masks were already implemented. But I had a local nonprofit, the YMCA, was doing a food drive since day one of this pandemic. And they needed constant uh, resources. They needed funds to keep feeding our neighbors, keep feeding the employees who worked here, to keep feeding our shoppers. And so I kind of put my brain together with uh, my senior vice president of marketing and our city. And I said, hey, we're seeing these chalk events pop up. 
what if we did like a chalk walk benefit? So basically families who were at this point of the pandemic, it was about May, they were going stir crazy. We basically would give you a specific slot time, two hours over a three day weekend, $30 got you a chalk, a space, a parking space, a box of chalk and two hours to just be outside in your own physically distanced from everybody. And we encouraged messages of hope and of positivity at that point. And that looking around, you know, our city council, city of Montebello was involved. So from our mayor to our various council members were out at different parts of the day and decorating their own parking spaces. And what resulted in it was a funds raised. We raised over $4,500 for the local nonprofit, but also had a, we had a visual, we had a really cool visual of all these different messages of all these different organizations that came out physically distanced and were able to, it was funny to watch people also look across at each other and be like, it's so good to see you and to see that connection. So that for sure in my most recent history is probably one of my favorite moments or experiences. That is awesome. That is so awesome. Marita, what are what are some technologies that, that you uh, have adopted at, at the at the mall, if any? Um... Uh, Zoom. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, like, right, I was just quickly to get that. We have a so historically our kids club is something that was always popular and well attended, and so that was a program that we wanted to continue in, in an audience that we wanted to engage. And so technology as simple as like Zoom. We have now for the it's is it weird? It's been a year, Bobby, since COVID even hit us. Like yes, coming around the year anniversary. <laughs> But um, Zoom has been super helpful, uh, whether it's our virtual kids clubs or one-on-one meetings with our tenants to walk them through a pivoted marketing plan or campaign. Or I have seen brands do one-on-one consulting, one-on-one styling sessions via something like Zoom. Instagram's direct buy has been another really helpful opportunity and is something that we're educating our retailers or our tenants about. But those two things for sure, in addition to the buy online, pick up in store, that has been an e-commerce site that we've been able to offer to any tenant who is does not have an e-commerce site. It lives on our website. So we've been able to market from market that program and give them a platform to still sell online. Yeah, those are probably the immediate. They're not as fancy, but yeah. No, they're they're definitely great. It's definitely great that you're sharing those. What 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 technology do you think is gonna have the the biggest impact kind of in the future? Are there things that you guys are looking at? Nothing that I could speak to yet with regard to the specific shots of Montebello, but if we're talking kind of just a little bit of, of foreshadowing, I do think that we will see a lot more of the contactless shopping and that's going to be driven from the shopping center space. I think retailers are proving that they're still trying to figure it out. If we want to be a more efficient operator, then we'll be looking into those, what that means. Does it mean, is it something, you know, we've discussed this early on in the pandemic, but similar to Amazon and that you're able to walk the entire center, pick what you want, purchase it all at once. I mean, that's in the future, Bobby, that's for sure where I think, where I think our children or grandchildren, how they will be shopping. Um, and I think we touched a, li- a little bit earlier. I mean, I think we're going to be shifting really more to showrooms and, the technology that needs to support that. I think AI will be a big part of brands investment in the future. You know, practically right now, people can't try on things. Uh, dressing rooms are closed. And so in order to meet the need of people still wanting to see how something looks on them or engaging with it, AI will be something that we'll see pop up quite a bit. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Any any kind of last words, Marina, of, of advice that you have for retailers? 
You know, I think it's the advice to the general public, like be kind. We're trying to figure it out. And then to my colleagues, no one has it all figured out. But anytime, you know, I did actually want to say we are living in a different, you know, you already know this. We're living in a different time, but we're also living in the space where we have to, as teams on the ground, have to be able to respond in real time. So that requires autonomy, Bonby. That requires maybe less of the approval processes and more of creating spaces of innovation, of idea sharing, and of really empowering your teams. And this is to operators, owners, empowering your teams to make decisions on the fly. We are in a unique time where people are asking us for things they've never asked for before. And the only way to meet that moment is to empower your teams to get creative and to be innovative in those spaces. So that would be my advice to any ownership group or any REIT or any other corporate office that that's figuring out ways to be uh, supportive. That's great. That, that was a wealth of information, Marina. I, I appreciate you taking the time. Before we, and I love your energy, by the way. Your energy is great. Oh, it's contagious. You know what? If it isn't the leopard print sweater, or no one sees this, but and my, and my <laughs> orange earrings, I'm surprised Bobby has not run away. So, <laughs> no, I love it. You, you have Thank a great you. personality. Any uh, areas that you would, uh, that you like, uh, if once kind of travel opens up, people visit the LA area or your area, any areas that you recommend for people to check out? Oh my goodness, the shops in Montebello, don't you dare not come to visit me, please come. Um, But LA in general, oh, there's so much and we're lucky, right? Southern California, we've been able to do outdoor activities. So I'm going to have a really fun picnic at Zuma Beach. Uh, This coming Saturday, I'm looking forward to it. It's outdoors in Malibu. I am like queen. I love the activity thing. (laughs) Uh, There's also like, I'm in Pasadena, the Huntington Library. I believe their outdoor gardens are open. There's so much to do, whether you're indoor or outdoor. Uh, Malibu Safari, that's always a fun outdoor activity. I don't know if that's what you were asking for, but definitely in addition to the shops in Montebello, there's so much to do here. That is awesome, Marina. And thank you again for taking the time. Appreciate uh, you spending some time with us today. Thank you, Bobby. Absolutely. I will talk to you soon. Have a good day. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Brick and Mortar Reborn. To find the resources mentioned in this show and detailed show notes, head over to brickandmortarreborn.com. 